Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. And welcome back, everyone, to the Kingdom REI Podcast Show. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and as always, bringing on great guests for you to really help kingdom-minded leaders uh, learn how to, you know, invest in real estate, create margin and freedom in their life. And excited about the guests we have on today, really primarily serving real estate agents. I think that's a really interesting niche because a lot of agents out there, it's transaction-based, where they're, they're in the world of real estate, but not really building, creating equity, not really building, creating passive income. So I'm excited uh, for this guest. We haven't really talked much about that. It's not something we talk a lot about our agents or the realtors, kind of that world. So without further ado, excited to introduce everybody. Chris Bounds, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Ellis. I'm excited to just hear a lot of you know what you got going on. You got a big conference coming up that's serving. You got some big speakers, man, like some big <laughs> names here. So I'm excited to talk about how you're putting together summits, uh, but man, I want to pray for us, so that's okay before we jump in today. Let's go for it. Father in heaven, thank you for Chris. Thank you for uh, just this platform to be able to share amazing, inspiring stories like Chris's and just wherever wherever people are listening, on the, on the treadmill today, uh, in their office, taking care of their kids, whatever it may be, God, would, would it be uplifting? Would it be encouraging? Would it lift their eyes upward to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them, who cares for them, who wants to empower them to do more so that his name may be made great. So God, we lift that up to you today. We pray for those who are listening uh, and we just, we pray for us in this conversation in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So let's, first of all, let's start there, man, because that's how I met you. So the, I met you through this conference you got coming up. So for those who are listening, tell us a little more about this real estate wealth con that you're putting on. Yeah, certainly. And that may be the first time I've prayed on a podcast. I, I think I have on Zooms before. You know, our kids go to a, a Christian school. So whenever the pandemic happened and everything went on Zoom and all that, we, we probably did then, but uh, that's pretty, <laughs> pr pretty cool. I'm, I'm not, you know, um, you'd be surprised if I actually heard that before, but we do it every single show and, you know, just it is what it is, right? We talked about it. Yeah, God. yeah. Love it. Um, so yeah, Real Estate Wealth Con. Um, so it's a real uh, virtual real estate super conference. Happened September 6th, 6th uh, September 6th through 8th, so three days. And um, we're going to have two stages where over 60 speakers, like industry leaders and all, a whole different uh, or a whole variety of topics are going to be coming on talking about things like investment strategies, business operations, sales and marketing, technology and AI and market observation. That, that's where I was trying to go. And ultimately just pouring value to folks that are interested in real estate investing, whether actively or passively, because there's, there's folks that are going to be talking about multifamily as a passive investor, what you should look for. Yeah, you got my buddy Zach on there, right? Zach Happenstall. So I saw your, he, he's one of the speakers, yep. Rise 48. Those guys have had a tear, man. They bought, you know, over a billion dollars of real estate in the last three years. So that's an incredible guest you have coming. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got, yeah, like you said, Zach, we have Brian Burke, the author of the um, Hands-Off Investor. Um, we've got a whole bunch of really good speakers. Some you may have never heard of, but I guarantee you, regardless whether you heard, heard their names or not, they're going to be bringing the value. And it's all for the price of free. Um, wow. Most of the stuff I do, I just do absolutely for free. And um, this particular event, I was kind of thinking like, because I've done summits before, they're like one day and we did them during the pandemic. They were great. They were just one day, but I found that one day was a little um, constricted because I could only go so far um, as far as wide or deep. So uh, I was like, we didn't do one this year. We, we did them in January in 2021, 2022. We didn't do one this year. I was busy launching a new fund and I didn't want to do the same thing. I was like, so if we're going to do it, I want to do it differently and better. So ultimately I was like, well, if I'm going to do it better, I need to do more than one day. And if we're going to do uh, like a local event, there, there's a ton of logistics involved, extra costs. Then now we're going to have to start charging like $500 plus per person. So we ultimately decided to do virtual. I know virtual is not like some, some people are zoomed out, like the pandemic totally zoomed some people out and I get it. And we're not doing this on zoom. It is live streamed. But uh, we're using an interact, um, interactive uh, uh, virtual app to where you can actually come together as a community, chat, network with other folks while also watching a live stream and um, hopefully meet some folks, learn some things. It's, it's going to be epic. Bro, I mean, this is an amazing list of speakers. Like, I mean, a lot of guys that I've learned from. This is unbelievable. So really, and they're all there voluntarily. Didn't pay for a single. I didn't pay for any speakers. They're all there voluntarily. So Uh, realestatewealthcon.com, guys, go check this out. This is happening on uh, September 6th through the 8th. So this podcast will come out soon. So plenty of time to go to realestatewealthcon.com and grab your ticket, uh, free ticket, by the way, for this. So can we just talk entrepreneur to entrepreneur for a few minutes then? I know this is a real estate investing podcast, but I want to talk entrepreneur to entrepreneur for a minute because there are other people who are building brands, communities, et cetera. Walk me through what invested X is and how this help, helps you serve your audience and solve the Like what solve, what problem are you trying to solve with invested X that this conference kind of does? Yeah. So invested X is more the overarching brand. Um, that particular conference falls under the invested agent. So I got invested X, which covers invested agents. That's more education for Folks looking to learn about real estate investing. Yeah, it. um, it's also a real estate or a realtor team. Um, and then we have invested equity. That's the passive side where we have a, a fund that targets workforce housing, primarily multifamily uh, properties. But uh, going back to invested agents and doing events. So putting on my entrepreneur hat on, how can I expand my audience? So this is branding outreach and do it in a way that's value add. And Right. I mean, the easiest way is to put together a knowledge base, um, great speakers, industry leaders, put them together in a room. In this case, it's a virtual room and give value to the audience. This is a virtual audience. And in this case, it's free. It's absolutely free. So that that was the goal. Can we do that now in return? What am I going to get? Um, I'm going to get a lot of attention. Which which I want. I'm a business owner. I, I want attention. Yeah. I'm, check. I'm gonna. I found you. Check. All right. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. So we know each other now, yep. and I'm sure we'll bump it bump into each other at a live event at some point. 
and, and whether whether we do or not, um, we now have a connection. And then we were talking offline about other people that we know, uh, that we have mutual friends. So we'll be able to make these connections. But I was also, it, it gives you, when you host events, when you host the party, it gives you the ability to connect with not just your, your audience, your target audience, but also the other people that you're bringing together that are going to help put on the event, like the speakers. So it, it was a good excuse for me to reach out to other people that I'm not necessarily doing business with, but hey, I can get to know them a little bit and at least open the door to maybe future business op uh, opportunities later on down the line. Like Brian Burke. I mean, he's the author of a book that I consider one of the Bibles of you know, investing in real estate syndications. I really didn't have a direct reason to reach out to him, um, even though we kind of do somewhat of the same things. But now, at least I've got his phone number. We've talked on the phone. We've had some conversations. And who knows? Maybe sometime down the line, we'll we'll work on a deal together. Tom Wheelwright. I mean, Tom Wheelwright's a guy that I've been, I was reading as a, in, in college. Yeah. I was reading about this guy with, that was with real, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and um, Ken McElroy. And I'm like, they were like the OGs of, of real estate. And he's one of the, I guess, the legends in the, uh, uh, as far as tax strategies for real estate investors. Got him to come on board. I mean, what and reason do I have? Like, in, in, in the way that you got these guys for free for folks who are thinking about it is you, you're, you're going to build, you're building the audience. Like you yep. build a stage that's attractive. It's the way I got you on the show, right? Hey, I have a stage that you can come share on in order to promote yep. your- It's branding. It's branding for branding. everyone. So, so that's how you're getting these amazing guys that come in because you're saying, hey, I'm going to go build the stage. I'm going to go build this folks of people who would potentially buy your products down the road or like what you do, come follow you. That's how you're getting all these guys to come speak for free. Correct. I mean, a lot of these folks, they're very busy, but they, when they realize like, hey, look, there's this guy, I don't know him. I'm sure they did a quick little Google search on me and realized, hey, you know, at least I'm clean cut and uh, <laughs> uh, have, a, have a decent brand out there. So, you know, they realize he's building an audience and he's asking me to come give value in front of a large audience that now I can expand, expand my brand to their audience. Some of them may reach out to me for my, you know, my business interest and want to do business with me in some way. So that that's, that's what's in, in it for them. So ultimately when you host the party, you just become the center of gravity and yeah. you get the ability to connect more okay. with your target audience. And then also others that are helping co-host it with you. So let, let me dive a little deeper into your offer though. Okay. Just cause I, I want to learn too from you. So I sign up. It's free, by the way, guys, this real, I'm on this website. I just registered. I got my ticket, realestatewealthcon.com for absolutely free for the entire three days. But then I can also join if I want to get the upgrade to something mm -hmm. called your invested agents pro. And so is that like a continuity program that you have Explain to me kind of what, what, what that is on the back end there? Yeah, so Invested Agents started out, we've got a real estate team, it's a collaborative real estate team with eXp Realty, and like we're probably one of the strongest real estate investor teams in eXp Realty. We've got over 200 agents on the team and 10, 20 joining every single month. Um, but we always, we've always had other folks come to, come to us, whether they were already with eXp Realty or they're just not licensed. And we're like, hey, I'd like to work with you. And I'm like, well, I didn't have a way of really helping them outside of just a brief conversation. So we created an invested agents to as a community to where we could help everyone. Now, anyone on a real estate team, like we give everything away for free, like all of our courses, mastermind calls that we do. And we had one this morning. 
coaching calls and all this stuff. So we give it all away for free, but we had to create a community to where if someone wanted a little bit more, they had the ability to, to connect with us. So back to the event. So the event is absolutely free. Of course, if, if you want to get individual copies of the recordings, what we're going to do, and this is how this usually plays out in, in a normal virtual event. You have an eight, 12, or in this case, like three day virtual event. And you get a copy of the recording, but really it's just one big file. It's one big video that you're going to have to go scroll through and find, you know, who you want to uh, you know, watch or rewatch. We're not doing that. What we're going to do is you'll have access to that. Yes. But you would also have access on demand access to individual speakers. So if you wanted to go see Ryan Burke, Zach, if you wanted to see Ethan Gao or Connor Steinbrook or um, Coach Michael Burt, if you want to see their individual speakers, you'll have their individual file where you can actually go and look at it. In a lot of cases, you'll even have access to their, their actual slide presentations where you can go back and actually reconsume their content, um, their presentation to maybe catch up on things that, that you missed. Either you just didn't get a chance to see it or you want to go back over it because it was so deep. So you'll get all that. But in addition to that, you'll get everything else that we uh, that we have in our community. But uh, the number one thing, at least the highest value, uh, at least in my opinion, is um, the monthly group coaching call that we have with our investors and agents. And we do that on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. So I can be part of your program for $127 for the whole year. How do you, like, I guess I'm trying to figure from an entrepreneur standpoint, how do you, how are you actually making, you know, how, how do you build a business off of this? Like, what is the continuity here? I mean, cause that's a continuity program, but dude, that's a $127 for the year. It's I don't nothing. know how you fulfill on that. Yeah. It's nothing. Well, one, I, I don't need that to pay my bills. So that's one thing. And, and then I, I keep going around in my head, you know, um, is there a way I could even make it even lower? Like, is there a way I could even make it free at, at, at some point? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I may do that. It, it's, it's mainly an outreach program. I have what I'm doing anyway. So how can I make it as ridiculously low cost where, as Russell Brunson would say, it's an irresistible offer. Like it's almost, uh, Glenn Sanford, the CEO of EXP said this about his offering, uh, which is EXP Realty. It's where it's so great that it's actually irresponsible not to choose it. Yeah, I love uh, that. So that's basically how I got there. People, if they were to come and be a part of Invested Agents Pro, like, I mean, what, what would be the, the hope that they eventually do? Would it be, become part of your team? Would it be invest in deals? Like, where is the, you know, you're building, you're, you're creating amazing trust collateral here with the stuff you're putting on, giving ridiculous offer like this for 127 bucks to what end? Chris, I mean, I, not that it has to be an end, but my point is yeah, you do have a yeah. business behind this as well. Yep. So what, what yep. is the actual business? Yeah. So what I really want to grow my business is I would like collaborative folks that we can work with on it, whether you're going to join, join our team with eXp Realty. Great. If not, that's cool too. Whether you're licensed or whether you're with Keller Williams or many, any of the other brands, like that, that's cool. Maybe we can work together on deals. Ultimately, that's the big win. If I can help you learn how to find deals and help you actually get that deal closed, maybe we can JV on it. Maybe whether we have funding sources or use some of our collaborative funding sources to get that deal done, great. But just to see you win is even better. Or 
if you want to go because you're a rock star agent, you're out there busy, you'd rather just passively invest. And this is the big thing with a lot of agents. They think they have to go out and buy single family rentals or wholesale properties or, or flip, which is very time consuming and would take away from their busy production business. They don't realize that, hey, they qualify as a real estate professional, which gives them tremendous tax benefits. Most of them don't even know about this. Yeah. So I can show them, hey, look, there's actually ways that you can passively invest in real estate and take advantage of all these tax advantages that the IRS has given you that you don't even know about. And um, guarantee you, so Tom Realwright um, and probably a couple other of the uh, CPA speakers uh, during the event will be talking about that. I mean, clearly, if you're serving a room full of real estate agents, you know, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that they don't know that they're not putting every single dollar they can into these type of deals because not only are they going to start getting equity and building passive income, but they likely can knock out their entire tax bill just from investing in real estate deals. So I think that's amazing. Well, I think this is cool, man. I, I'm just, I'm over here kind of geeking out on, you know, as a, as someone else who is building a community and what you're doing here. Tell us a little bit kind of on the inside, like what people can expect on those monthly, on those monthly calls you guys do. Most of the calls go with wins and losses. So we're, we get a chance to talk about our wins for the past week. Now, wins typically are good things that have happened in your business, maybe something you've learned, something you experienced that's been positive, a deal that closed, something along those lines. Losses can be challenges that you've, you're running into, problems, headaches, things you're, you're just not sure about. Maybe it's a deal like, hey, look, I, I got this lead, but I don't know, it kind of doesn't make sense. Or I don't know how I can, how I can actually make this work as a rental, those kind of things. Uh, it also can be, and I have these in, in my, when I'm sharing wins and losses, um, man, I got this tenant and unfortunately, <laughs> like the sewer line broke into their house and they're having to move into a hotel while we fix this thing. Like that's, uh, <laughs> that's a challenge. So we talk about those things and it's, not designed as me preaching, um, but instead, hey, look, let's get the conversation started. But the community is probably going to have a better answer than I will. I'm happy to share my insight, but you'll also get insight from other investor agents or folks in the community that they've had similar issues or they've had similar um, situations come up and they can share their advice, their experience. And we've had a lot of that on lead generation lately, like over the past, past several weeks, um, actually several months. A lot of focus has been on lead generation, diversifying leads because activity is low right now, especially on the realtor side. Like, I think I think the investor side it may have picked up a little bit, but on on the realtor side it's it, it's slowed down, and uh, we've got some agents that are just crushing it um, uh, using the investor agent method, which is you know I call it like a buy it or list it method, where they can go in and just serve to help the homeowners. Uh, whether they're buying the property as an investor or they're listing it, but go in with a value-add approach, not just a, a one-stop shop, like I'm going to list your house or I'm going to buy it for cash. Chris, I want to know your journey into the investment side. I mean, you start, did you start as a realtor, you know, working for the commission and then find yourself into the into the investment side? T tell me a little bit your journey of kind of towards financial freedom. I mean, because you, you know, school about you, you kind of got all aspects of this. <laughs> you got the agency, the investment, I mean, mm -hmm. or so your story and then also like helping us create a roadmap for someone listening who can maybe follow as well. So long story, grew up and watched my grandfather who built a company at over like 300 employees. He, he was basically following the rich dad formula. Uh, now he, he's old school. He's since passed away, but super old school where he worked his butt off and uh, in college, got a good degree, got a job, started his own business with some uh, buddies, built that out. 
use the money from the business and invest it in real estate all over Texas, farmland, commercial properties, duplexes, single family properties, huge tracts of land development. He funneled, he built a business, funneled the money from the business into real estate, and then also stocks. He, he was big into stocks. So he had all three, he had business, he had real estate assets, and he had stocks. And he also did loans. So he had a lot of paper assets. So I, I just, I watched that as a kid and we'd have conversations. And then I remember my parents had a single family property. So they had one rental. And I remember going in between tenants and like, I was the kid that, you know, raking leaves and cleaning out trash and stuff. So I saw that and experienced a little bit. And then it was when I was in college and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like clicked. Hmm. Like, oh, I get it now. And that's when everything really kind of fast tracked. Um, so I ended up doing four deals my first, first year in college, uh, wow. two of which were rentals. So I, I left college with two rentals. I had no job. I guess I had credit because I had enough for a credit card, uh, or at least they'd send send those to you in the mail. I don't recommend that, but that's. <laughs> Is that how you got your first? Like, how do you buy four deals in college as a freshman? No, so I used the credit card to pay the guru who taught me how to, how, how to buy pre foreclosures. Um, okay. So this is back in 05, 04, 05, um, when that was kind of like a it was a hot you know lead source. Ended up knocking on doors and got my first deal as a pre foreclosure. Wow. JV'd on that deal with the guru that taught me what to what the only thing I knew. And then I did the other three on my own. One was a lease option. One was a straight up purchase. And then I, it was a rental. And then another one was a, a double close wholesale. So I, actually I was pretty diversified. I, I did a wholesale deal, lease option, whole or rental, and then double close wholesale. Those were my, that was my first four deals. And I was still in college. It's, yeah, it's kind of insane. You, you learn more about finance in that in that year, man, than most people do in a, in a, in a finance major, likely. <laughs> yeah, and what one of those the rental that was a private lender, private lender funded them. And I, I was twenty one. There, there's really no excuses to get deals done. So this is something I told my sales team, my business partner. They graduated, and went to a different state. So that company we didn't grow anymore, and I'm I moved to Houston. I uh, got a sales job, high paying sales job. So I had very low debt, like basically just a little bit of student loans and high income and I had roommates. So my cost of living was ridiculously low and I still had two rentals and I didn't really do anything for a while until I got married. And that's when everything kicked back. When I got married, that's when I realized like, Hey, thinking about the future and legacy and kids and wanting to do private school, not, not public school. And like, these were our goals together. And then I dropped this bomb on my wife's lap. I'm like, Hey, um, this is like week two or three after we get married. And I'm like, Hey, I want to flip houses again. <laughs> uh, and, and she comes from a very conservative background. Like you just work hard and you retire. Like that was her life. That's kind of what she envisioned. Not a roller coaster entrepreneur life, which I'm very comfortable with, uh, probably too comfortable with. So she was really nervous and supportive though. And uh, drove with me and we were doing door knock, door knocking within a couple of weeks. You, you were taking your wife door knocking. Yeah, she was the she called herself the getaway driver because it was I, <laughs> I only knew pre foreclosures like that was the only thing I knew I was a yeah. one trick pony as far as real estate investing. So I only knew pre foreclosures. That's what I did. Now, this is 2011, 2012, where there's not a lot of foreclosures going on then because they already all happened. Yeah, they, over, all the foreclosures know, are, are past. Yeah, they're post. Yeah, but that's <laughs> all I know. And so she's, yeah, she's the getaway driver because she ain't knocking on doors and um, she's not getting cussed out. So it was just like, if someone would cuss me out, like, or, you know, yell at me or run out their door and chase me off their lawn, like she was the one driving my truck and 
we we get on our way. But um, yeah, we did that for a whole year and we got our first deal. And that deal was the one deal that helped me quit our, uh, quit my job. Wow. If, if we bought you've been, it. You've been full-time entrepreneurship since then? No. So I was still part-time. I, I had a really good gig. It was an online sales position and I got to work from home. At a certain point, I got to work from home. So I was making... 80 ish thousand a year. She was a teacher. So don't really remember what she was making probably 50 ish. And so we had really good income, very low expenses. I had a house and we were doing this real estate thing on the side, accumulating some rentals, did a couple flips. And then when we sold that first deal, which turned into a rental, and here's a really good point. We were going to flip it. If we flipped it, we would have made a hundred, uh, about 30 grand. We held it. Sold it three years later and grossed over a hundred thousand. That's when I quit my job because my employer had cut my pay by 50%. At the same time, we sold that rental and we sold one other rental that we grossed over 120,000. So we sold two rentals grossing over 220,000. At the same time, my employer cut my pay by 50%. And I'm like making 80 grand over here, but now I'm making 40. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm yeah numbers don't add up. right. So then fast forward a little bit more closer to today. I mean, you're, you, I think I read your couple hundred units now that you own. Are those apartment buildings? Tell me, tell me how you're kind of balancing this idea of like, hey, I'm, I'm this transaction type business in the real estate agency, but then yeah. also investing, investing capital. Because I feel like that's a hard, it's probably why a lot of folks in the agency world maybe don't get into investing because the transaction thing is nice. Like it's nice just to make fees, right? Yeah, Th that's that actually the modes. lesson in my life. Like, man, if I could do a do-over, I'd be massively wealthy now. Uh, just what I know. So when I quit my job, like rental, rental properties, and if you have rentals, like, you know, that doesn't put food on the table. Single family homes are not, they produce, they should produce cash flow, but it's not reliable cash flow that's going to do anything for you unless you have like 50 to 100 of them. Ultimately, they're a wealth generating cash cow over time. And I experienced that. That's why the first two that, you know, over $220,000 in, in gross income, because we held them. We let appreciation do its thing. We got tax benefits along the way and we got a little bit of cash flow. And um, so that was great, but quit my job, like I need money. So we'd already flipped a couple houses, but now I needed to flip for income. So now my real estate side gig that was more passive in nature became an active job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'm out there, we're flipping houses. And this is great. They're like, hey, we're making 30 grand here, 50 grand here, 60 grand here, doing two a month, three a month, four a month. And eventually we're doing like five or six a month. Years go by and we realize like, we built ourselves a really high paying, but also high stress job. Hmm. And it's not helping build wealth because we're selling everything. In the end, at the end of the day, it's just like being an agent. It's commission, it's except for we call it net profit at the end. I mean, that, that's what flipping is. That's what wholesaling is. Once I sold the house, I did not, I would never see another dime from that property again. But the ones that we held were always the best ones for us. They were less stress outside of a couple of little tenant headaches here and there. But if you do them right, that, that was usually mitigated up front by doing a good job in the rehab. Um, and of course, screening the tenant. Those are our best deals. So we had to figure out a way how we can slow the flipping down, get more into buy and holds. That was in 2018. We started making that transition. 
And then COVID was an excellent opportunity to just cut the cord. Like this is going to be painful because we had business operations and we had, we had a lot of costs into that infrastructure and it was painful to cut that cord. It was painful in the slow bleed between 2018 and 2020. But when we cut the cord, it was very painful, but we knew that, Hey, look, if we can just ride it out, like if we can figure out a way to ride it out, cover the costs, then over the long term we'll be much better off. And that's ultimately what we did. It wasn't fun, still not fun. Like we still have rentals that were designed to be flips. And we still have a lot of costs. I'm selling a couple of them now. But having done that, like I we were able to do some, free up a lot of time and also lower our overhead to do other things. So we've launched a fund, we've gotten into multifamily, we're doing some lending, gap funding, and stuff like that. That's so when you say cut the cord, like you guys just really reduce the amount of kind of flipping transactions you're doing. So you could focus more on, hey, let's actually start putting capital into assets with a kind of a long-term growth strategy. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, going back, if I could do it again, there's nothing wrong with flipping. Like it taught me a lot, especially about project management and sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. But if I can go back and do it again, I would not scale a flipping business. So I'm thinking like, I'm this billion dollar entrepreneur. I'm going to go scale. I'm going to do like 50 houses a month or something. Why can't you do that? In observation, joining masterminds and with some of the best flippers across the nation, very, 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 very few people actually make it past the abyss of scaling from small to a massive flipping business. Very few. Most that attempt it go out of business or scale back down to something that's more manageable. That's what I scale back down. Everyone I know personally that's tried that and that personally like here locally, same thing. Just very few are going to go and do the 10, 20. And now wholesaling is a little bit easier. I think um, it was never really my game, but you're not dealing with ongoing sunk project costs and overhead and all this stuff. Um, right. It's mainly a sales and marketing play. If I can go back and do it again, I would keep flipping two or three a month and hold one, two or three months, hold one, just, mm -hmm. just continually holding, building that up over time. That would have been a smarter play. Uh, it would have been. You think someone could do welcome. that with a nine to five. You think someone could do that? What you just said with a nine to five flipping more than one or two. Yes. Cause I was doing that. More than that would be really challenging. And, and now this depends on your nine to five. If your nine to five is you're a registered nurse where you really can't be on your phone, probably not. Like that, that's going to be hard. If you have a sales job where I pretty much made my own schedule and as long as I hit my numbers and, you know, I, I had a lot of leeway in, in what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it'd be pretty easy. Yeah, because you kind of have to answer the phone for contractors, making decisions on the flip, stuff like that. Yeah. But more importantly, when the leap comes in, because like if you're calling a service provider and they don't answer the phone, like, what do you do? You just call the next one. Then you call the next one. Then you call the next one. So when that motivated seller is in their head, they're in the decision point that, hey, I'm taking action on this marketing piece, or I'm going to actively search for it on Google. And I'm going to go, hey, who, who can help me with this problem? And you don't answer that phone. Maybe they may leave a message. Maybe they don't. Either they way, the they're person. calling. They're calling the next person. Yeah, and it's it, it comes down to one of the first people that can actually solve their problem that they trust and they know will solve the problem. Do you get most of your leads through direct mail? Uh, at that time, yeah, we were spending about thirty grand a month. What do you mail. see working right now? Right now, surprisingly, hundred percent organic. I'm not actively looking for single family properties, but I am still getting leads from our website. So we, we built a 
pretty decent website. We had blogs and we had our anchor articles on foreclosures and uh, probate and evictions and all that stuff. So I'm still getting leads from those. Even though I wasn't looking at it, I went back and looked at the data. I'm like, holy cow, I'm actually still ranked uh, on the first page for evictions in, in Fort Bend County. So we've got agents on our team that that are trained in the buy it or list it. I'm like, hey, look, like I'm going to give you these leads and like I'll just take a commission uh, referral fee if you, if you list it. And if we end up getting a contract to buy it, I get first dibs. So, so I tell get- me about the strategy so that you're teaching agents. I'd, lo- I'd love for you to kind of give some of the secret sauce rip to help. So you're teaching them kind of this both buy or list type strategy to get the contract essentially because you're giving more options to the to the seller. Yep. In 2018, I had my lead manager. I said, hey, every deal that we actually made an offer on, like a lead called in, we went out, we actually made them an offer. So at that point, we already understood our rehab cost. Like we've already made an estimate. So we made them an actual offer and they declined it. And I said, what happened to that? So it was like 130 of those or so ended up selling on MLS. That's a lot of leads that basically I was in their living room. The homeowner was saying, I want to sell. I just don't want the offer you're giving me. Most of those houses were fairly clean, probably outdated. They weren't necessarily motivated financially, even though they may have been a headache for them. They just weren't financially motivated. It's not like they were going through foreclosure. But I literally gave them a cash offer and they said, no, that doesn't work. And then I walked away, even though I was a licensed agent, could have helped them. It was 130 something deals that if I was a lousy real estate agent and can close only 30% of those as, as an agent for commission, it was over 200 grand, 200 grand in gross commissions that I just threw away uh, just because I'm, I'm not even attempting. Now, most this, this statistic comes from NAR. Most people, if they're going to list their house, they're going to, they will talk to two realtors max, but they'll typically only talk to one and choose that one. Real estate investors are usually earlier in the cycle. So if you're an investor and an agent, you have a little bit of an advantage if Mm. you approach it the right way. That's the tricky thing. And that's something that I learned. At first, I was approaching it uh, in the way that, hey, let me buy your house for cash. And then they said, no, I'm like, then I'm talking about this real estate listing thing. Hey, won't we, let me help you list your house. And that was a hard reject because it was a completely different thought. And then I, th- I think there was a little psychological mistrust at that point. I inter- I introduced mistrust because I told them I could help them with cash offer. They didn't like that. And now I'm introducing something that's completely different. That's going to help them get a much higher price. Like, why didn't I say that up front? Right. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So I changed the conversation to where... Hey, listen, so I'm going to come out to your house on Saturday at two o'clock. And what we'll do is we'll just take a, take a look around, kind of, kind of show me around. And we'll just talk about the different options that'll help you get your house sold. Maybe that's an as cash offer. Maybe it's a listing. Maybe it's some other option in between. I don't know. We'll, we'll just kind of figure it out and see what works best for you. How does that sound? And then, hey, if we do find a good solution, what would you like to happen next? Okay, well, if you'd like to move forward with the contract. Okay, sounds good. So I look forward to seeing you Saturday at two o'clock. Something like that. Yeah. And it actually that, makes it a lot easier because my comment right. now, now my sales conversation is let's just talk and, and have questions. And then you will never convince someone who wants full retail to take a take an as this cash offer for 70%. You're, you're never going to con- bridge that gap. You're also never going to convince someone who absolutely does not want to list their house because they need the cash tomorrow to list it. 
Yeah. And they don't care how much more money you can get them. I've had people who were running for public office, law enforcement office that I knew from church. And I'm telling them, dude, I'm, I'm licensed Asia. I can get you a lot more. You got a rental. They're cash flowing. I can get you, I can get you money for it more. And they, no, they just wanted, they just wow. wanted cash. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. I mean, Cause then you're coming in as a problem solver, right? So you're coming in as like, Hey, let's, let's figure out what is the problem you have and let's solve it together. Yeah. First, like- and it's trustworthy. So mm-hmm. now, I mean, you do as an agent, you got to clearly like, let them know, Hey, look, I'm, I'm not representing you. We, I mean, we can talk about that, that if that makes sense, but let's just figure out a, the best way to get your home sold. And then how we can, how maybe I can help you with that situation uh, or, or solve that problem. So yeah, you come in as a problem solver. You come in as a not. I don't like to use the word advocate, but almost kind of is an advocate. You're there genuinely to help them. So if you have sincere interest to help them solve their problem, whether that benefits you or not, it's going to help you close more deals. Most um, most of the folks, like if you can actually solve the problem, they'll probably go with you. If they they like you. They trust you with you. Uh, if they trust you. But even if they don't, it's okay saying, well, hey, look, you know, maybe you don't sell right now. You don't have a place to go. I mean, I, I could buy it, but maybe you just kind of hang on and, and wait till next year and get it sold. Chris, we're wrapping up here. I want to ask you one last question. You know, as a man of faith, a believer who's also doing really well in business, I just curious, man, what, like, what, why is, because I, I know you're helping other people achieve this financial freedom, financial margin. Why is that important to you? Why do you feel like that's important for others to to go after as well? And 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 why have you chosen real estate to do that? Yeah, I mean, real estate. I don't I don't know if it was just in the DNA from what my family did. Um, it, it there's definitely a lot of data back that uh, a lot of people who build wealth, you know, real estate's a, a big part of it, or, or maybe even a sole part of it. I, I do genuinely like it. It's it has its headaches like every other industry, but uh, I I do like it. I feel like I have a bit more control over it, at least certain aspects. So uh, as far as why do I teach other folks, I, I see so many agents out there talking to agents specifically, like they say they want to invest, but they never do. So they just run this hamster wheel of transactional business. And, and as a real estate agent, there's no retirement plan. Like eXp Realty has one woven into it through their equity plan, which I love. But that's new. That's like very, very new as far as the whole history of real estate before EXP. I don't think that existed. Now, some other companies, you know, EXP's kind of changed the game. So some other companies have put in equity incentives. But even with that, you still need to go out and invest. You have to take your earnings and you have to invest it and grow wealth. As a real estate agent, it's almost like a stockbroker, never owning stock. Like, you're the insider. Like, you know, this stuff, like why not buy the product that you're selling? Like it's, um, and, and as an insider, you should have better knowledge and, and be able to execute that very well. And if you know how to invest yourself, that also can help you serve investors. Actually as an agent, and I tell investors this all the time, investors that are agents usually are okay going in with a, the hammer and the screwdriver approach agents. You only want to use one tool. That's the listing tool. That's the hammer. They want to use the hammer only. It's the only thing they know. They're never going to buy it. They may know and that someone will buy it, but they're never going to. But as an investor agent, you do both. I, I love it, man. I think it's an incredible strategy. Would you recommend, I'm curious for folks who are breaking in or trying to break in to do more deals, they get their real estate license as well as become like, I know they're, let's say they're focused on investing in deals. Do you think most people 
if they're kind of going after either single families or let's even say small multifamily stuff as well, that they should, that having a real estate license would be would would be a good idea. Yeah. So having a real estate license isn't required for success. At the end of the day, if you want to make this like your career, I I don't think there's any scenario that it really hurts you. It can only add options. Yeah. So as an investor, you can't list your own home, which maybe you don't want to do. That is a lot of work, but you can still take commissions. Like I, I have the ability to structure deals that a normal investor can't do. Um, some investors do it illegally by taking commissions and referral fees and all this stuff. You're not supposed to do that. That's that's brokerage stuff. There's education, there's extra community, extra tools and resources that you have available as an agent that an investor only may not have. Now, if you've got a spouse, then get licensed and you can remain unlicensed. That might be better because obviously there are certain rules that you have to comply as a real estate agent, both legally and then also ethically within the National Association of Realtors. And a lot of people say, and this is the investors, they'll say, don't get licensed because then you're going to have to do this, this, and this. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, like you can't commit fraud anyway. Like that's illegal for everyone. And, and then beyond that, you're also not going to talk, like, like I mentioned before, you're not going to talk a motivated seller into listing their house. Like if, if they want the cash now, they want the cash now and they don't want to list it. So having your license isn't really going to hurt you the way, here's how I phrase it. Hey, look, Ellis, I'm, I'm not a guy who, I'm actually a licensed real estate agent with Texas. I've had a background check. You can actually go to the Texas Real Estate Commission and look at my record. I don't have any marks against me. And ultimately I didn't just go take some weekend boot camp that's looking to tie up your house in a contract and wholesale it to someone else and take a fee without you knowing about it. I have a higher uh, set of standards, ethical standards that I have to uphold. And then I'll even, and I'm usually having this con uh, conversation when I'm going over the contract. Because the contract is, I, I use the standard contract that realtors use because title companies, they know it's been vetted and all that stuff too. So uh, all that same, that, I call these landmines. I'm setting landmines for the unlicensed wholesaler that took a weekend boot camp. Nothing wrong with those guys, but I mean, this is my competitive advantage. Yeah. Um, I'm throwing the landmines out there, but also it it is to educate the seller a little bit because there are, there's a lot of shitty folks out there that yeah. they don't mind that you're going under foreclosure on the first Tuesday of next month. And they're giving you a near full price contract with a $10 option fee, $10 earnest money and 45 day option that you just don't really know. And they're going to tie it up knowing maybe they'll get a buyer. Maybe they won't. They don't care. And it screws you. Yeah. No, totally. Dude, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to know you, man. I, I love, I love the, the experience and knowledge you're bringing to this space and to real estate agents. And so guys, I want to encourage you realestatewealthcon.com. Go check that out. I think that's probably the best starting place. Would you, would you agree, Chris, for folks kind of wanting to learn more about you and what you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a whole host of topics, whether it's single family, large multifamily, small multifamily, short-term rentals, notes, like there's a whole bunch of topics, legal tax. Like I know, uh, man, like, I don't know how you're going to get through all this in three days. Like you guys must be going from night morning to night to get all this in, man. You guys got <laughs> two zoom rooms or what? Uh, yeah. The, the two stages um, simultaneously. So actually I just, I think I have the final schedule. Um, I, I finished it last night. I haven't published it yet. So I'll, uh, I'll get that out publicly soon. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped to I'm pumped to see this go well. I hope many folks on, on our audience will go will go check this out. Guys, it's virtual September 6th through the 8th, realestatewealthcon.com. Chris, man, love your lo, lo, love what you're doing, brother. Grateful to know you and looking forward to more ways to partner together. I appreciate you. I, 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this show, uh, go, you know, share, share this episode, screenshot this, put it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, tag us, tag me, tag Chris, uh, and we'll reshare that as well. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.